week three of the NFL for 2021. When we look back, growing pains are plentiful. Let's talk about it. This is the push-off. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. It does all that. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan F-U-C-K, fuck the Eagles. (laughs) I hate them so much, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad we don't have to deal with another Eagles matchup for several weeks now, Scott. They're just the demons. Right. Usually you put your last name in. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, congrats on the win. Hey, we're both all smiles today. So, uh, or this this week. This week we're all smiles. We are uh, celebrating. It's a victory week for, for the Push Up podcast. And um, uh, sometimes that comes around more seldom than we'd like it to. So we'll enjoy this one. Um, but th- I'm going to dive right in. The ones that aren't going to be enjoying this one so much are the rookie QBs, where so far in this season they are 1-10 as starters. In fact, it, the only win is Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. Yeah. It, so it just it's an immovable object meets a, uh, or I guess a highly movable object meets a slightly movable force. Uh, yeah, man, this, this is a bad rookie QB. Not a bad rookie QB class, but it's a bad hand dealt to these rookie QBs. Um, Tough matchups, man. Jeez. And I'll tell you what, Trevor Lawrence does not look good right now. Um, Zach Wilson looks way more promising in his roles, but I also feel like scheme is not helping Trevor Lawrence at all. Right. Yeah, I think we're, we're talking growing pains and, and the positions they're in. It's a team effort game. So when you come out and be like, these rookies are not as good as like Justin Herbert and those rookies of last year um, or the previous two or three years, it's it's unfair to say because it's where they're drafted to what teams and what's around them. So yeah, that stat is a it's a cherry picker for sure. Oh, but yeah, yeah it, it it would uh, do us a disservice not to say that it's been a rough start for the rookie QBs. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, they are. Yeah. You don't get drafted high to good teams generally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and and more than ever uh you're rushed in you're you're pushed right in uh Patrick Mahomes didn't have to play until week 17 we said that a few weeks back but these guys are getting in pretty quickly uh especially the one and two picks there with Lawrence and and Wilson and yeah growing pains and a lot of interceptions but uh if we look back at Peyton Manning's first season quite a few interceptions if I don't remember tons uh the thing people forget about in the rookie season um Peyton Manning did pretty well, but Ryan Leaf actually looked way more impressive straight out the gate. So didn't yeah, Ryan Leaf's like first pass was a touchdown or something. Yeah, he too in that game. He was not struggling until defenses caught up to him. Whereas Peyton was struggling and then kind of went like, oh, I finally caught up to the defense. So you know, Peyton was yeah. spending all that time processing and learning and getting better, and and Leaf was just relying on his natural ability. None of these guys strike me as like, oh, I'm relying on my natural ability and it's and it's fucking working, so I don't need to get better. 
all of these young quarterbacks are like, oh, I've got issues with my game that I need to fix, and the only one that's not getting any help is uh, is up there in Chicago because, my goodness, they are throwing Justin Fields to the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. So we'll hit on the Justin Fields game and all of them that these uh, rookies played this week. Uh, before we get to there, we had a trade. We had a trade this week, so let me hit up on that. Uh, the Panthers are getting C.J. Henderson, former first-round pick cornerback from the Jaguars, C.J. Henderson, and a fifth-rounder. And in return, the Jaguars are going to get tight end Dan Arnold and th- a third-rounder. This is the 1995 expansion trade of the Cats. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is this Jaguar news? Yeah, it's and it's a Jaguar news. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing for me is like not only is CJ Henderson a first round pick, CJ Henderson was a top ten pick, but he was a top ten pick of the previous regime, which is always a pretty good chance you might not hold on to your job if you're a top ten pick that doesn't fit with the new coach's uh, defensive philosophy. Um, CJ Henderson mm-hmm. hasn't been incredible. Um, but he has been good enough, and it's it's tough. You can't really judge a corner in the first two years. Uh, you can get the natural athletic ability, but it takes about three years for you to really shine as a corner uh, in this league. Like even Darrell Rivas wasn't great as a rookie. Yeah, and this is, uh, I mean, it's a different coaching staff there in, in Jacksonville, so he's kind of switching around for the players he wants. Uh, I don't know the, uh, the deep trading that... Uh, Urban has been looking for a tight end for so long, it seems. <laughs> they talked about this where the Panthers were like, we really like Dan Arnold. We didn't really want to get rid of him. Uh, everybody was enjoying the Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold connection. Uh, we were all having fun with it on the broadcast, but the Jaguars would not do this trade without Dan Arnold, who's like, okay, he's fine. He's a tight end. What yeah. do you want? But that's what the Jaguars wanted. That's what they get. They get a third-rounder back for C.J. Henderson, who, yeah, I think we were – you know, second best cornerback if you know in that draft coming out of there from Florida. So it's a surprise that the Jaguars are moving on so fast. But I'm I, I like giving the coach exactly. Hey, it's your team now. You go ahead and go get who you want and take and get the space for who you like. So let's see what he does with it. Because you know, when uh, you play Madden or something like that, you start up a franchise. First thing you're doing is trading off those guys you don't want. Yeah, but you generally don't trade a second-year corner with some real high ceiling. That's you know those are generally not the guys that are moving in that in that franchise. Not in Madden, no. Uh, Especially not for a tight end in the third round. Yeah. <laughs> so they also they got a tight end in a third round pick. They also gave up a fifth. So yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that initially. Yeah, it's like okay, well, a, a starting tight end and a third rounder—that's not like the worst thing in the world. It's not good, but yeah, to give up a fifth, it's almost like just a kick in the dick, like. What? Why? Why? <laughs> Why it's did the you give up the, the Jaguars' quote-unquote process? I guess they're going to lose for a bit, for a bit longer, and they're, stack up on some draft picks. They're going to lose for a bit longer than a bit longer. This is not a well-built team. Um, I mean, they really cored themselves out. They got to the AFC Championship game, then basically sold themselves for parts. They were a less successful, uh, less successful Florida Marlins. Uh, they're all Florida <laughs> yeah. Marlins oh, without God, a World I remember Series. That from the early yeah two thousands. Um, yeah, they're like, we okay, can't so sign anybody, so we'll just trade the whole thing away. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Uh, we got They won it, though. They won it. At least Florida Marlins won it that year. Oh, the Marlins did. Yeah, the Marlins did it twice. But the Marlins did that twice. They they built themselves up and tore themselves down on two separate That's occasions. Right. Um, yeah, if it works. A <laughs> uh, couple si- signings this week. Uh, Buccaneers bringing in Richard Sherman, the veteran cornerback. Giants bringing in offensive guard Isaiah Wilson. 
the troubled guard who was cut after just one season in Tennessee. Uh, anything about those signings? Uh, yeah, I think a guy who probably couldn't handle the limelight of Tennessee is going to handle New York pretty well. I get your sarcasm. <laughs> and uh, the Colts say, hey, Marlon Mack, who was a healthy scratch last week, excuse me, is now a on the trade market. Marlon that Mack, makes sense. are you interested in a Marlon Mack? I, yeah. I would be. You know, they have a guy in Jonathan Taylor that you're saying, okay, well, he's our oh, guy. Yeah. He's our bell cow. So you don't you have a Naheem Hines. You don't have, you know, you don't necessarily need Marlon Mack in that stable. So you can get some capital, maybe get some help, uh, maybe get some help at the wide receiver position. Even a, another healthy body at wide receiver could really help these Colts. They don't need more running backs. They need more healthy wide receivers or at least pass catching options. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's move on from them. Uh, and deal them if somebody needs a running back this early in the season, it'd be surprising. But San Francisco, you, know, you, you dang ah, there you go, dangle that in. Yeah, see who was. And then finally, before we hit game of the week, uh, it's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Gordon has been reinstated. He's back in the league, and in fact, he got picked up by the Chiefs like the next day. So we'll see how fast he works into that super fast offense, huh? And also, we'll see how fast he gets suspended again. I'd give it then, uh, yeah. four weeks. I'm thinking four weeks. <laughs> it's usually that type of a uh, of a uh, roller coaster for Josh Gordon, but every year you got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. All right. It's time. Game of the week. Start up the fanfare, everybody. Game of the week here of Push Up Podcast as we recap week three, get you ready for week four. <clears throat> this one. This one has to be. I know. Game of the week has to be Cowboys Eagles. Cowboys, Eagles, let's start there. No. Um, you know what? It could have very easily been in the Ravens yet again. That's we could have true. done the Ravens three weeks in a row. The Ravens are just, you know, you want to watch a fun football game. Turn them on. Wow. No, but I want to start in the AFC West. Uh, let's start with those new Josh Gordon's team, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, losing at home to the Chargers, their second loss in a row, 30-24. to We didn't pick it. Of course we wouldn't. Nope. What do you pick against KC and Arrowhead? But uh, Justin Herbert lit him up for four touchdowns. And Herbert looked fantastic this entire game. Oh, like, yeah. you know, it's one thing to say, oh, we lost at home. Like, did you choke it away? No, they just got outplayed by a fucking fantastic Chargers defense and a really, really phenomenal Chargers offense. And they were still well within striking distance right near the end of this game. They gave it back to Pat Mahomes. You know, yeah. that is always a mistake, but the defense answered the bell, got Pat Mahomes to throw a really bad pick there near the end, but they were pressuring him all game long, making him make bad decisions while Herbert was left upright, uh, rolling out, moving the offense, moving the defense around at his will. And yeah, this Chargers offense could have very well scored more than 30 points. Uh, you know, this, mm. this offense looks extremely fucking good. And the best part is I feel even better about beating the Chargers now. Yeah, yeah, you should. But the Chargers always, and I, I think I said this going in, they always play Kansas City great, especially on the road. I think they go into that building just with a little chip on their shoulder or something, and their defense, yeah, came up huge. Now I, I couldn't tell if that was just Kansas City really screwing up right away, like three straight turnovers in the first half on drives, boom, 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 and uh, fumbles and, and just unfortunate stuff. But you're right, and then they still retake the lead multiple times in the second half. So you can't count them down. They can always retake it. In fact, this game kind of came down to who had the ball last almost, except Chargers, when they got the touchdown, misses the extra point. 
it was almost just a, like a taunt, right? Like a, go ahead, Kansas City, we're leaving it for you. And they couldn't do it, another bad interception. And that was kind of the like, oh, yeah, that's what this game was from the beginning, was bad turnovers by the Chiefs. That's what cost them it. Uh, you lose two in a row, but you lose two very tight games. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I have to say, you know, that doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> right? Uh, you bounce back from that. Uh, if Kansas City Chiefs could be one and two, any Super Bowl contending team can. <laughs> but the Chargers, with the big win in division on the road here in a very tough division, which, you know, that puts the Chiefs dead last in this division immediately can't be overstated it's a very big win yeah it's well the strange thing is not only does it put the chiefs in last place it only puts the chargers in third that's the most <laughs> that's bizarre part about this you know nobody gets those other two yeah yeah nobody's really looking at the broncos and raiders being like oh a creme de la creme but right now they're number they're tied for one so yep. this to me this loss means less to the kansas city chiefs than the win does to the chargers um, the Chiefs That's will bounce back true. from this because they can say, hey, we made some turnovers. We didn't really get outplayed. We we did it to ourselves. You know, if you get punched in the mouth by a team and go, oh, wow, yeah, they really stunned us, that can be an emotional blow. To know that you made mistakes to put yourself behind the eight ball, you just say, hey, we're going to clean that up. Andy Reid was dehydrated, so we'll blame it on that, and uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get him next time. Yeah, that's all it was. Andy Reid goes to the hospital after this game in the ambulance. His dehydration, he's, I mean, he bounced back. Nobody said it was anything uh, severe, right? He spent yeah. the night there, though. Yeah, he, he actually was really dehydrated. He uh, he lost so much water weight, he was down to 400 pounds. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping kidding. he's okay. I'm kidding, Andy. Andy. I, love much. <laughs> <laughs> I love Andy. All right. Uh, it was a, yeah. So we'll see what the Chiefs do here. They have to come back from this because – Let's say uh, you lose in LA too, and the and the Chargers have a good, uh, you know, record at the end of the season. Then you're playing on the road mm-hmm. because this was a divisional gloss. So something to keep an eye on. Also keeping an eye on in that division. Segue to the next game: the Raiders winning in overtime over the Dolphins in Vegas. We picked it, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Uh, Brissett started. The Dolphins showed up at least. They didn't in against Buffalo, but they did here. But uh, I think the story behind the Raiders has been Derek Carr and the way he's been playing in this game. He had 386, two touchdowns, and he did have one pick. This is the best version of Derek Carr you're going to get. He's always going to throw a pick. You know, yep. Derek Carr is <laughs> never going to be that guy that's like, had a, he's not a Kirk Cousins. You know, he's not a guy with a stat line that says like 30 for 35, 281 yards, two TDs. That's a really good Kirk Cousins stat line. A really good Derek Carr stat line is 40 for 60, three touchdowns. 412 yards. 412 yards, a pick, two pick, and a fumble. That's a great Derek Carr game. (laughs) So he fumbles at the pylon, and it's a safe. Oh, Oh, that's great. I remember that vividly. I love that. Uh, It's just Derek Carr, yeah. But he's great. He's got weapons. I mean, he's throwing throwing a Darren Waller all the fucking time. But Ruggs is turning into a bit of a weapon for him. That's also great. Um, this entire Ravens, oh sorry, this entire Raiders team is, it seems like they're built to win. And like I said, man, you can be a good team that starts out one and two. I'd rather be a mediocre team that starts out three and oh, if I can choose it. And it, it feels like this Raiders team is better than mediocre. It's, it feels like they are yeah. playoff bound. Who knows if they're Kings of the division, but it feels like this is a legit playoff team offensively and defensively. That defensive line is causing problems. Yeah, you're right. It's, 
a surprise who's 3 and 0 right now for the Raiders it's like okay no the way they're playing I believe it and they beat some good teams um this game was 14 and not the Dolphins to start and then a big old turn of events when the Dolphins start with the ball at their basically one yard line and then the world's worst uh screen was thrown to Jalen Waddle uh super high they sat on it in immediate safety and that kind of turned the tide here it was it was 14 to nothing then 14 to and then into the fourth quarter 14 to 25 Raiders they just dominated from that point on so the rest of the points the Dolphins had was trying to kind of catch up with this at the end of the game you, you got to tell me, is 14-12 to 12 at halftime a scoregami? Because what an odd fucking score that was. Yeah. I Yeah, they don't. I don't think they follow the scores at halftime, just this final scores. But 31-28 uh, to 28 is where we end up, which is just a normal score. So it's kind of surprising. But, yeah, um, yeah, kicks back and forth at the end. Uh, these are two good kickers. Sanders and Carlson are two good kickers. And this was one of the first times in overtime in the new overtime rules where I saw – one kicker get a, a kick in to take the lead. The other team get the ball, go kick another one to keep this game going, and then they had to go back down and kick another field goal to win it. It wasn't a field goal on a new possession. They didn't go in at 28-all. This game was, what, 25-all at yep. the end of regulation? That's so weird. But here are those. Yeah, I don't remember seeing something like this before. This game very much could have ended in a tie, and I would have been fine with it. This, you know, this seemed like the Dolphins were giving it their best shot. The Raiders were making sloppy early mistakes, but came back for it. Like, I don't think the Dolphins lost this game. I really don't. I, I feel like, to a degree, they ran out of time. I, I don't know if they wouldn't have been yeah. able to answer back with another field goal after this. You know, this, yeah. this Dolphins team moved really well under Jacoby Brissett. And I'd be very worried if I was Tua that I might not be coming back to my starting job. That's you know we talk about it. You gotta like being Jacoby Brissett. You gotta like having Jacoby Brissett on your team. But if you're Tua, get nervous because two or three more games like this, and Jacoby might be the leader of this team. <laughs> Jacoby gonna take your job, Brissett. He's done it before. Just to take your job. Um. So this leads us to talking about Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is an AFC West matchup. In fact, the AFC West is playing themselves this week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Raiders at Chargers, so Vegas and L.A. for Monday night. Uh, this was, uh, I, I think the NFL, when they put this on the schedule, like salivated so much they could barely say the words, it's going to be Raiders at oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, so who do you got in this one? I am actually going to pick the Raiders because okay. watching these Chargers the past two weeks specifically against the Cowboys mm-hmm. and against the Chiefs, they are committing way, way, way too many fucking penalties. And it's dumb <laughs> shit. It's dumb stuff. They've had points taken off the board for really, really stupid penalties. And this Raiders mm-hmm. team sometimes makes dis- bad decisions, but they're a pretty disciplined Raiders team. I feel like, you know, Kansas City was making a bunch of weird turnovers, and the Chargers were making a bunch of bad penalties. I don't think you're going to get turnovers or penalties heavily from this Raiders team. I feel like that'll be enough to outlast the Chargers. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road. Okay, to go 4 and 0. This is yeah, a big divisional game. I honestly it's a coin flip in my head right now because are the Raiders outplaying this? Are the Chargers going to be that good this season? Do the Chargers have a home base enough 
to fight off those penalties. Like a lot of those, you're right, were at home against them when they played the Cowboys, but Dallas travels well and the Raiders do too. Oh, God. That's a coin flip for me. Tough, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll go Chargers just against you because I think I'm behind you in picks, and that'll make it exciting. <laughs> I'll go Chargers. It's a coin flip. Plus, they're at home. I'll take Chargers at home. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the AFC South. Uh, Do we Titans. have to? <laughs> I want to talk about the Titans win. They beat the Colts. In fact, Titans are trying to prove me wrong and say they're a good team, or the Colts are just that injured. 16-25 uh, to 25 was the, the end score of this one. Um, Tannehill had three touchdowns, but he didn't have two picks. And uh, Carson Wentz, not very good game at all, but I think he's playing injured. What else is new? Well, I mean, nothing is new. Uh, it's funny, Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz were basically the same quarterback in this game, except Tannehill, yeah. Tannehill scored fucking touchdowns and threw a bunch of picks. But in terms of their stat line, like completions and yardage, it's almost the exact same. It's kind of weird. Right. Um, any team with Derrick Henry is always a fucking threat. Derrick Henry rushing for over 100 yards. I don't know how long he's going to be able to do this. Maybe another year or two before the wheels fall off. But right now, if you're Tennessee, you just say to yourself, hey, Tannehill's having a weird game. Just keep handing that shit to Derrick Henry, and you can wind up closing out games that are, you know, relatively close. I mean, you know, this thing was 14-10 to 10 at halftime, but, you know, they wind up just, we talked about it before, body blows. Derrick Henry, you keep running it, at the defense, and eventually they break for 11 big fourth-quarter points. Yeah, the Titans gave up some stuff, too. They fumbled at the five-yard line of one of the drives in the third quarter, and then Colts start catching back up. They were held to three. It was 16-22 to at one point, and uh, they're just trading off field goals. Pittman drops a touchdown, I think, late in that game. Oh, well, he mm. almost brought it in, and then they tried that 51-yard field goal and miss it, and that pretty much that that was the end of it but the Colts this is this is a loss but it's on the road it's in division but it's on the road and it's not good because you're 0-3 but also Quentin Nelson got carted off in this game yeah um it's really hard not to be really downtrodden of a team that looked okay coming into the season but never pulled out a win before big big players started going down with injuries and that's the Colts season already and this is the second Quentin Nelson injury this year um, yes. that's the tough part. And so you wonder, all right, how long is that going to be chasing him? Is that going to be the whole year? Should you shut him down? He's a good young ta- He's a good young interior lineman. Do you really want to keep putting him out there if if this Colts team winds up being, you know, 0-5, 0-6 to start the season, which is very much a potential thing. You know, they're not a terrible team. You watch these games, you're like, this is not a bad, bad team. They just have no outside threats. You know, they they right. basically run sideline to sideline. You're hoping for several consecutive five-yard gains, but there's no real deep threat for Carson Wentz to, to elevate or to push that ball downfield. You know, you're missing T.Y. You're missing, you know, you're not getting much production from Michael Pittman. You know, he's Michael Pittman is your best wide receiver. That's a problem. Right. You know, that's not a good thing. Like we were saying, if, if you can wind up, you know, if you can get rid of Marlon Mack, if you can get rid of Mack and then get a – decent even a stretching wide receiver even if he's not young i mean fuck get yourself a slot guy um you just need more weapons for carson wentz because right now the safeties are in the box stopping everything close right and if you can't run as the colts then you're well they were playing from behind it looks like jonathan taylor averaged 
almost six and a half yards per carry. That's nuts, but they didn't stick with it, so he only had 64 yards. Um, yeah, the Colts, it's not going to get easier. They're going on the road, and they play a noon game in Miami on Sunday. Who do you have in that one? I'm taking Miami. You know, I like the way Brissett came out against the Raiders. Um, I, their Colts are going on the road. They're still hurt. They're still banged up. Carson Wentz is not 100%. And unless they add a playmaking wide receiver, I, I don't see much changing for them down the road offensively. Yeah, I uh, I, I got to take the Dolphins in this one too just because of how banged up the Colts are. They, they've been in all these games, and they'll be in this one, but the Dolphins' defense looks very good, and, and they need a win just, just as desperately. So Miami gets this one at home. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Uh, we uh, have a, a fan that listens to our show. She, she's been on a couple times. She's a fan of these Detroit Lions, and we ask her, why, Liz, why uh, would you put yourself through that? Her, her family is uh, as well, and I, saw, I, I get that because I was brainwashed at an early age myself. And unfortunately, it's only the Detroit Lions that this stuff happens to. But here we are. We all saw the game. And you know what I'm talking about. The Baltimore Ravens beat them 19-17. to in just a, a wild one. Now, I guess do you want to start at the let's start at the end and go backwards. <laughs> let's start at the end and go backwards. So, sixty-six yarder. My favorite thing about this is we've talked a lot. You know, there was a time where I would say ah, Dan Bailey's a really good kicker. People would say ah, Stephen Goskowski's pretty good. And there was a time when Dan Bailey was the most accurate kicker in the NFL. But you know, shit changes. You don't have the longevity. You play in the league for six or seven years. Steven Goskowski was great, and then he gets injured, and where's he at now? Um, Adam mm. Vinatieri was really, really good for a long time, but statistically, his accuracy wasn't amazing. You know, I don't think he's even top 10 all time. But Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in NFL history. He's the most accurate. The fact that he finally gets a 66-yard field goal. Like, Justin Tucker's not famed for the power of his leg. Like, this should be a Janikowski record or a Matt Prater record, but it's a Justin Tucker record, and it was fourth quarter, game-deciding, no time left on the clock, 66-yard boot that hits the crossbar and bounces in. <laughs> it literally, that thing was only going 66 yards. Exactly. And he got a lucky bounce, but, you know, they always say, I find the harder you work and the better you are, the luckier you get. And Justin Tucker, <sighs> fucking lucky, man. He hasn't missed a kick in the fourth quarter or overtime in like six years. You know, you're right. Yeah, the stat, you're, you're, uh, I think Cherry picking a crazy stat I have coming up later, but you're right. Uh, it's ridiculous what he's done, so he's got to be talked about in that, that echelon of uh, players in the in the position kind of thing in this one. Um I screamed twice uh, when he first kicked it and it was dead on. I'm like, oh, my God, and then it hits the upright, and then I couldn't tell. Um, they say, like, yeah, it hits the net there. You can see it's like, yeah, I could have very well, though, been bouncing on the, the uh, field in front of it until they put up their arms. I couldn't tell which direction because of the shot. Oh, man. And I – yeah, you watch for – when you're not a fan of either of those teams <laughs> – or if you're a fan of the Ravens, that's the position which you watch for. Uh, did you see him? He did a little hop step running into the kick. Like there is a little extra jump step he does as if 
He needed a, I don't know. Oh, he you watched Tucker's wind up. He needed yeah. every last ounce of that body. Yeah. You know, Justin Tucker's Ugh. not a big man, but he needed every last ounce, every bit of momentum he could get, and just fucking nailed it, dude. I Here's what I will say. As awesome as that is for Justin Tucker, I feel the worst for Dan Campbell because <laughs> yeah. we've been talking about Dan Campbell. He's a lunatic person. I love Dan Campbell. He's an old Dallas tight end. He's a bit of a nutcase. And he's like, we want fight. We want feisty. That's what we want. We come out of here every day and fight. And I will tell you what. This Ravens team came out, and it looked like they were going to just absolutely trounce this Lions team. The Ravens yeah. looked from the get-go like, oh, we're going to beat the shit out of them. These Lions clawed back, fought back, and took themselves a lead into the fourth quarter with not a lot of time left, less than a minute left to go. They had a lead on this Baltimore Ravens team. And it's well, really, and even, really hard to defend against yeah. Lamar ever. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, even before that, if we're going in backwards order, we need to talk about the non-call. And it was a non-call, and everyone's seen it, and it only happens again, the <laughs> Detroit Lions. Um, Should have been a, a delay game. Uh, they didn't gain anything on that play. Lamar throws it out of bounds, and that's where they kick the field goal. But a delay of game is five yards back, and that would have made that out of range, as we can tell, <laughs> for the leg. <laughs> Of Jason, of Justin Tucker, but um, he doesn't get it there, and 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 yeah, you feel awful for the Lions because that's a huge play, but also to call a delay a game in that in that situation would have been a heck of a call too. Like, but I think if you're yeah. a Lions fan and you're going ah that should have been a delay a game, don't don't bring that upon yourself because you know what would have happened if they called the delay a game instead of this heartbreaking <laughs> field goal, you would have had a heartbreaking hail mary that went in. Or, yeah, Lamar would have just ran it from 70. Yeah, he would have had a 60-yard scramble that ends in a touchdown. Yep. So there is, and no, we also, there is yeah. no joy in Detroit. No, and there, yeah, and this is why. But also we need to go the, the playback when it was 4th and 19 and you let them convert it. Like it should have been over there and it wasn't over there. So you're right. They When they scored, it was, yeah, 4th and 19 at their own 16 with 26 seconds left on the he converted, and then he converted that inbounds. Twenty six yeah. seconds left. He converted that pass inbounds, and uh, um, Watkins slips on the field. Like, oh my god! Well, they're not gonna. Uh, amazing ending. But you're right. This game was thirteen to nothing Ravens in the early third. After it was ten nothing Ravens in the half. So give it up for the Lions fighting back. The interception with uh, just over five minutes left turned that into the field goal in the lead. So they were up <laughs> with one oh four left. That's when they kicked it. 17-16, no timeouts. Gah. Too much time, man. Too much time for a former MVP of the league. You cannot Set sleep a lot this week, didn't we not? Yeah. Too much time for a former MVP. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing, man. You don't, you don't, I mean, not everybody's Aaron Rodgers, but like, Jesus Christ, you cannot leave that kind of time. Like, put it, I know it sucks to put it on your kicker, right? And be like, hey, let's run this, let's run this clock out as hard as we can. Make the kicker make yeah. a last second kick. But you cannot leave yourself in a position with a minute remaining and Lamar Jackson on the field. It's just it's just too dangerous. And the Lions did everything they could except mm. win. Except win. That's yeah. it. You know, and every, anybody to defend the whole thing, the delay of game, you can't expect the refs to win the game for you. You can't. Right, I mean, you also right, can't right. expect the refs to call everything even. You have to 
<laughs> you have to stop them in fourth and consideration. Yeah, you have to stop them on fourth and nineteen. You have to take into consideration. You're the Detroit Lions, and you ain't gonna get it fair. <laughs> no, never. You got to beat them by twenty because the rest will spot them ten. All right, uh, let's keep going. I got a lot of games in the first half of sure, this sure. one. Uh, the Browns beat the Bears. We picked it six to twenty-six. Uh, sack fest for both sides. The uh, the Bears had like five sacks. Yeah, Bears deep five sacks. Browns deep nine sacks. Uh, Justin Fields first start gets him a six for twenty for sixty eight yards. And uh, just f- you feel bad for the kid. He was in there for feast. Um, uh, Miles Garrett himself four and a half sacks. Uh, oh, the only other thing I will say about this one is the Browns new throwbacks. I like them. Hey, I like yeah. Them. <laughs> I, I will say this in a shocking bit of news uh the chicago bears have a really good defense and an absolute shit offense everyone makes shock pikachu face <laughs> it's this yeah, is so and bad and i don't know if this is cherry picking another crazy stat justin tucker's field goal was 19 more yards than the entire bears <laughs> offensive output for the day jesus no. <laughs> That's a good one now. Um, oh, God, yeah. And, yeah, this the Bears are good for those a couple times a year as those stats are like, where did your offense go? And it's been under this you know head coach, it's Nagy, and that's been the calls here. I mean, Monday on ESPN there were just pundits with red face like calling for his job. And you always find that amazing that uh, they can do that on a, on a sports team show like that i mean we do it because no you know who cares yeah. but that they can you know matt Nagy's not exactly coming in for an interview and we have to be like hey remember when we told everybody to fire you like that's not happening right no but it it, pro- it could very well have been espn so yeah it's weird when that stuff happens but you know i if you're a bears fan you're probably pretty upset with the guy you're not too happy with the way it looks now uh is it yeah what do you think you, you when you watch this game dan was it Fields not ready? Was it the way Nagy played him? Was it uh, the Bears' offensive line of shit? What? Yes. <laughs> yes, all this of this. This never gets old. <laughs> it really yeah. does. But it, honestly, Matt Nagy is one of those guys that's like, the system is king. And guess what? It fucking isn't. The greatest coaches of all time. I put Jimmy Johnson up there. I really do. Jimmy Johnson has a famous quote where he says, I promise you, I will treat every single one of you players differently and i love that quote because you can't just put these people into an inflexible system you can have a system but if somebody's excellent or somebody does one particular thing really well try to compliment them bill belichick had an amazing defense and has had amazing defense this is an amazing defensive mind but you know what he plays out of a base three four but then he started introducing a ton of four three concepts started introducing 56 concepts he started introducing any concept he thought would help his defense perform better especially as his personnel changed aged and you know some years he was going to have an amazing linebacker core sometimes his secondary was out of this world and it changed the way he played and called his defense matt Nagy has decided he wants to play the way kansas city played with patrick mahomes and he doesn't have patrick mahomes and it puts all these quarterbacks in terrible situations. Put Mitch Trubisky in a bad situation, who's dumb as a box of rocks, don't get me wrong. But there was a time when you could compliment Mitch Trubisky, and then he basically just threw him to the wolves and said, you got to do my system, I'm not going to keep complimenting you. 
Uh, I'm not going to keep putting you in situations to succeed. He has decided mm-hmm. not to put Justin Fields in a position to succeed. If you don't think Fields is ready and Andy Dalton goes out, start somebody else. Start somebody else. And let, you know, it's your job as the head coach to be like, hey, I got to take care of this team, the team, and every member of this team to get the best performance. If Fields isn't ready and you put him out on the field, you are damning your team and you may be damning a young, talented quarterback to a complete lack of confidence by the end of this year. It's, yeah, I feel like it's almost hindsight. Like right now, if if uh, this time last week we were on the podcast and they're like, yeah, um, you know, Fields has been coming in in stints, and now that, uh, uh, what's his um, Dalton? Who is their start? Dalton. Thank you. Now that Dalton is is injured, we're gonna go to Nick Foles. That would have pissed off Chicago greatly and all their fans because it was like, well, no, we want to see this rookie. We're ready for Justin Fields. He's already been in. He's been playing some snaps. What's going on? Um, it could be hindsight now to be like, oh, if that's what you were going to do, why didn't you put Nick Foles in? You know, he could have given you a shot here maybe. Because you're right. You, like you said, play somebody else. That was the point there, I think. So uh, it's hindsight in that in that instance, but also, yeah, I, it, it was obvious watching this that, oh, God, this kid should not be in yet, at no. least not with this offense. No, and, and that's the other hard thing is you can, you can basically go, hey, we're going to put Nick Foles in, and everybody goes – and you keep putting packages for Justin Fields to get familiar, to get accustomed, because Andy Dalton didn't make this team look bad. I mean, honestly, the the thing that Matt Nagy has done is that when Andy Dalton is healthy, people go, yeah, go back to Dalton. Like, you've kind of proved it. You've proved that right now Justin Fields is not ready to go. Uh, will he be ready to go down the road? I hope so. I certainly think he's talented enough. He's got good arm talent. He's very fast. He's very mobile. I think he's really struggling to read defenses right now, and I don't think Nagy's helping him do it. I feel like Nagy is saying, these are your reads, hit these reads, and be like, okay, but don't my reads change depending on the defensive shell that I'm looking at? Which you do, but I feel like Nagy's like, no, 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 just hit your reads. I don't give a fuck what you're seeing. See your reads. And that's just a backwards way to teach a young quarterback how to play the position. Yeah. Um, So I don't know who is playing this coming week for Chicago. They're back to home, and they get Detroit, so it's not all bad news. But the last that we heard was all three quarterbacks are available. Uh, Matt Nagy has put them in a tier. Uh, Andy Dalton goes first. If Andy Dalton's not ready, it's Justin Fields. If for some reason Justin Fields isn't ready, because I guess he was on some injury list this week too, then it's Nick Foles. So they've got options. But when you got three quarterbacks... You got none. <laughs> I don't know. And somebody said that once. Uh, who do you have, though, in this NFC black and blue division matchup, Dan? So does my lack of faith in Matt Nagy overwhelm my unending hate for Jared Goff? It's a coin flip of a game, is it not? It also is. I don't – I trust the Bears' defense. I trust how good and talented they are more than I trust how energetic and feisty – this Lions team would be against an Andy Dalton who will try not to make mistakes and probably won't make mistakes while the Bears defense eats Jared Goff alive who has zero weapons and almost Mm -hmm. no protection. I'm going to have to take the Bears in this game. It pains me a little bit because it pains me to know that Matt Nagy's going to pick up a win. Um, but I don't think Matt Nagy's long for the position. And if it's if it's a close game or if it is a blowout by the Lions, Matt Nagy might not have a job week five. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a coin flip of a game. It really is. I uh, thought I'd just pick opposite you <laughs> like I did the earlier one, but uh, because I did it already, I give this one some more thought. Um, I think the Bears at home on that Soldier Field is a great equalizer. It puts a Detroit team that's uh, trying to play quick on a pretty crappy field that benefits that very good Bears defense. It is still very good. So I think the defense is going to turn over Detroit and Goff a couple times. That'll be enough to win a field goal, battle, ugly game. Uh, and it'll only last until this whole Arlington Heights deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that where they're going? Arlington Heights deal goes through, yeah. and then that great equalizer goes away, my man. And then I am not afraid of Soldier Field no more. <laughs> All let the ghosts uh, clean themselves from and uh, the hauntingness go away for good. Thank you and amen. Well, in fairness, the new Bear Stadium will be haunted, but it will be by the spirit of dead horses. So, <laughs> oh, dear. That's, yeah, yeah, it's, no, a different, it's a different sort of thing. The only person who's ever scared <laughs> of that is Shannon Sharp, though. Like, and, oh, it's my uh, relatives. Uh, no, they're Eric just horses. Barry, right? Yeah. I ain't deal with horses, man. <laughs> yeah, Eric Berry's not coaching in there. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, yeah, we both got the Bears winning. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Vikings' first win of the season because I'm gonna Ooh-hoo. enjoy it. Thirty to seventeen. I picked it. My mom picked it. We had faith in the Vikings, Dan. Even if you did not, it's the only one I picked up. Op- I picked opposite you that I got right, but it's the only one I wanted. <laughs> it's the only one. And I you wanted. know what? And that's um, fine. <laughs> but here's yeah. the thing: I always root. For- I said it last week. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. I just. That's where we differ. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. This also showed me a lot about Seattle is that Seattle's not as good as I thought they were. I mean, your They're offense not. was very good. Don't get me wrong. Kirk, this was a great Kirk Cousins game, especially without Dalvin Cook. Really, really phenomenal game. When Cook comes back, <laughs> this is the weird thing. When Cook comes back, you should still be having really good Kirk Cousins games, but also Dalvin Cook should be having good games. Instead, it feels like they just trade back and forth. Like yeah. it's going to be a good Dalvin game, good Cook game. Uh, or sorry, good Dalvin, good Kirk. But I, yeah, I'd be interested to see. Yeah, I, I just I liked this game. I did not like Russell Wilson. I did not like the offense that was being put forth by the Seattle Seahawks. No, yeah, we got. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's all right. Let me uh, start with the Vikings' offense. They played very good, and I think it's. I don't want to take anything away from them, but their the defense for Seattle has some serious issues. And it starts with no pass rush. Uh, Kirk was back there so comfortable and so confident that he basically was just picking his his shots and hitting anybody. And wow, this offense is impressive when he gets that time and has that confidence. It, it does not come around a lot, but it was all day in this one, which was so nice to see from first drive to the last. Like uh, we barely even counted on the punter to come out so cousins throws for 323 and three touchdowns and i think all three of those yeah all three of those touchdowns were in the first half and then the defense finally wakes up and slows them down the second half part of that is because they got away from the run because i think they were playing a little bit of catch up seattle's a little weird too in their offenses we're going to pound it on you pound it on you and then beat you over the top with a crazy play action and Usually Vikings are good at that. Their secondary's been pretty shit of that mm-hmm. lately this season, but they did better in the second half, at least in this one. Now there was a split second where third, fourth string or whatever uh, wide receiver there's almost brought in a touchdown that would have brought it within six probably at the end of that game, but Harrison Smith was the split second right there 
time to break it up. Um, Seattle had some injuries. Lockett twisted his ankle. Uh, DK looked like he was dealing with something in and out in that game, so it didn't seem like they were ready. And then just their defense has taken so many steps backwards that uh, we took advantage of it. Um, Great bounce back game for the kicker. Kicked three good field goals to (laughs) extend the lead in the second half. And then I just like seeing long drives. I I don't like that they've settled for field goals. They could have put it away from a whole lot more. And I like that it was the Seahawks because, God damn it, the Seahawks have had our number for so long. Now, most of it's been because we've had to play there. Uh, the only the last time they were in Minnesota was when they were playing in the college stadium back in the 2015 playoff game with Teddy. So it's like finally we pull this string and, and look at the difference because these are two very even teams, and they have been for a long time. So yep. if we can turn this around and keep winning, I was super impressed with – uh our third down conversions too we were nine for 14 in this game (laughs) you kept seeing them at like third and five third and four and just felt comfortable that kirk was going to find somebody whether they blitzed whether they sat back did not matter he's gonna find him so yes i love that for the vikings and i hope it continues well we'll see madison was creating great opportunities for kirk to be in those third and manageable situations because kirk cousins does not do well in third and long but third and manageable, he can take what the defense gives him. He doesn't have to press. He doesn't have to rush anything. So, yeah, Kirk was not being forced to make rash decisions and was taking what the defense gives him. Kirk Cousins is one of the best in the league at that. And there was another there's another crazy stat, right, about like most games with like 300 yards passing and three TDs since... Uh, he has the most... Um, the most in his career now. He Kirk Cousins has the most career ones of... Uh, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he passed now uh, Mahomes, who has like one less, and then uh, like all of the Drew Brees and Tom Brady and all of them had like 11 or something in there too. Yeah, I saw that stat. Yeah, no, he and he's also. <laughs> I keep hearing this stat this week, and I hate it because I'm knock on wood because there was like a game a season or two ago where he started off with an interception, but he's like three or four in, uh, passes away from the team record of most consecutive passes without an interception. Oh, why'd you say that? Why'd you say that on this podcast? Because they've been saying it. No, no you don't no, bring that. Been saying it. You don't bring that energy. No, in I'm here. knocking. I'm knocking on the woods. All the woods been knocking. Anyway, this week they do play at home against a very. Uh, known foe in the Cleveland Browns and Kevin Stefanski. If you're not in the know, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, grew up in the Minnesota head in the Minnesota coaching family. Uh, yeah, you know, what he was mailroom basically, right? And then he yeah. was up until <laughs> offensive coordinator. Browns wanted to hire him instead of Freddie Kitchens that one season, and they they were able to fix their issue and get him in there, and and you know he led him to the playoffs last year. No big deal. No big deal. So now he comes into Minnesota in this game. Dan, you pick first. So I I like the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I know that Kirk was able to sit back there and take all day. He is not going to be able to do that against Miles Garrett. It's just not mm-hmm. happening. Miles Garrett was freaking people out this week, and I think he's going to do the same thing to that <laughs> that Vikings offensive line. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked, though, to see the Vikings defense give Baker Mayfield fits. Um, so I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a Browns win just because I don't think you guys are going to be able to handle Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb all game. 
uh, plus what they can do offensively on the outside to really pick on your kind of weakened secondary. So I'm going to take the Browns on the road. Uh, once again, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> no, in this one, um, I, I, guess, I think it's a really tight one, too, back and forth. But what I don't like the matchup of is their two-headed running game down our throats. They were able to do it in Chica- against Chicago. I think they're going to be able to do it against us. Uh, the hope was that Tomlinson and Pearson there were going to be, you know, you can't move it on us, but that hasn't been the case so far. It's been almost five, six yards a pop, what I've noticed, especially early in these games. Uh, they might have a deep enough defensive line that we get pressure late in games and tight ones. So if we can keep them in, keep us in it, I trust our offense can score enough points and keep up with this Browns team that settled for a lot of field goals against the Bears too, uh, at home. But we did, we did too. So I'm going to take the Browns because I think they'll be able to run the ball better yeah. uh, than a banged up Vikings team. You know, Dalvin Cook if he plays, that's great because that's something that's going to keep, um, keep a. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins upright and keep the pressure off him as long as we can run the ball usually he can do that and I think he's got the confidence that yeah I'm not too worried about their pass rush I'm worried about their run game <laughs> I'll take the Browns that way all right one more game to talk about before our break from last week uh it's the Sunday nighter where the Green Bay Packers beat the 49ers you and me picked different in this one and you got the right one in this one unfortunately in a wild finish as well Packers won it 38 to 28 or 30 to 28 excuse me can you guess what i'm gonna say first off you can't leave that much time for a former mvp you just can't do it sorry and even worse you can't leave that much time for the reigning mvp it's just he's the it's insane man. man he's the boogie he's bobby yaga yeah. man he's bobby yaga this is this is the boogeyman so yeah i mean it Every single 37 time. 37 seconds. That's 37 seconds. Not enough no seconds. No timeouts. Not enough seconds. But it is for Aaron Rodgers. It's enough seconds. And Mason Crosby nailing a tough kick. I mean, people misunderstand. 51. Yeah. Yeah. They misunderstand how hard it is to kick a 50-yard field goal. People misunderstand how hard it is to kick a 20-yard field goal. So, that's one, it makes Justin Tucker 66 insane. But Mason Crosby, with no time remaining on the clock, kicking it from 50-plus, is also really fucking impressive. Um, this, once again, this was a, a Green Bay team that started off really good, felt like the San Francisco defense started to figure them out near the middle of the game, and then right in the fourth quarter, you see Rodgers once again just go like, oh, no, fuck this, I got this, and and start to just pick them apart and take advantage. It It is hard to watch a Packers game with Aaron Rodgers on the field and not be yeah. confident it, it's going to end well for the Packers. They, yeah, they uh, were fighting back, fighting back in the second half, and they took that, that lead was, I think, their only lead, unless they got the first few touchdowns. It was 17-7 Packers at the half, so they took back the lead there with the 37 seconds left to the fullback touchdown. And they're going to, you know, oh, if he falls down earlier, they run one or two more plays, sure, but who's, who's to say what? 37 seconds should have been enough. I was still nuts that, I mean, it was obvious to me that Rodgers was only looking for Devontae Adams down there. He's only looking for one man. You can't guard one man. You can't bracket up one guy. But it that's always been it with Devontae Adams. Like, you play him tight, throw it back shoulder. You play it that tighter, you throw it over the top of you. You play in zone, he'll sit down in it. Like, it didn't matter. It was just 
playing catch in the in the backyard with those two and that's all they get to do and and it's it's almost not fair when they turn that on the other side of the ball garoppolo does not look very good he he does enough but he just seems scared i was surprised that that last drive worked for them honestly it just didn't feel comfortable (laughs) but they get in it was like oh my god they just took the lead good San Francisco is going to win this. It's going to be one of those amazing weekends where everybody else in the NFC North loses <laughs> and Aaron reaches in and pulls my heart out like he is known to do. Yeah, he is. Who is the guy in uh, Temple of Doom? Well, that guy's... <laughs> yeah, that's, but yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's just that's the, what it felt like. I got to figure and out maybe that really name, did it to, uh, and I. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't want to make jokes of it, but Josh Norman, after the game, he went to the hospital. He was spitting up blood, so hopefully he's all right. That didn't sound good, but um, with a loss like that, man, worse things. Uh, yeah, rough one for the Niners, yeah. big one for the Packers bouncing back. And it, and it is. I mean, 2-1 and one for the San Francisco 49ers that didn't look like they were great on pace, you know, last week and then finally put it together. You know, they stayed steady through this game, but yeah, their offensive output was pretty anemic. And and to your point, I I, I don't know how much longer Garoppolo is going to be able to hold on to that position without doing something exceptional when the potential of yeah. Trey Lance just sits behind him and all of these young quarterbacks have already seen the field significant snaps and Trey Lance hasn't. So if Garoppolo gets this team to like four and four, you might say, hey, Let's let's take a shot here. Let's put in Trey Lance, see what he can do. And even if you crater the rest of the team, you go, all right, we're ready. We're better for next year. Um, you know, Garoppolo has to be the better quarterback every week. Has to stay on rhythm, and he's just not. I I do worry about them offensively. It's very tough. This division, the Niners are. I mean, this was their first loss this season, so you can't start talking about cratering. But you look at the rest of this division, you're like, oh boy, who's somebody's going to put in a very good effort here and come up short and. Uh, you know, be a wild card team or bubble team that doesn't make it and stuck with a middling draft pick because of it, because you're going to get eaten up by these, you know, Rams or Cardinals or whatever in this division. So good luck. We'll see who it is. I hope it's the Seahawks (laughs) and uh, Seahawks are playing at the 49ers this week. So that is a big one to kind of decipher which one's going to be kind of middling near the bottom, I think, in this division. Well, we'll see. The West play the West all the way around this week. Who do you like in this afternoon one in San Francisco? I actually like San Francisco watching what the Vikings did to Seattle. They, you know, the defensive line in San Francisco is better than the Vikings defensive line. The secondaries are about the same. Um, And then once again, if Garoppolo can be steady, can have a Kirk Cousins-esque game, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to land as many headshots um, you know, if if Lockett stays injured, if DK doesn't put it back together again, um, you know, but this is a division game. This this might be Russell Wilson scaring the shit out of the Niners' defense, but I think the Niners can actually win this game, and I, I think they'll get to three and one to start the season. Yeah, it's weird. These two teams. Uh, I trust the quarterback more in one, and I trust the defense a whole lot more in the other. And uh, I'll go with the multitude of men. I'll go with the defensive side in the Forty Niners. I'll take the Niners at home. In that pick, I still want my, that that kind of horse in the NFC, those Niners, to to kind of surprise, you know, turn this around because I think there's there's enough talent there that they can be a run. True. All right, we've reached a break uh, because there's just so many games, and you guys got to stretch your legs. 
What do you mean it's a podcast? We'll be right back and when we return. Two minute no offense and all the rest of the games of week three. We'll let you know what's going on in week four. Okay, everybody, thank you for continuing on listening to Football News with us here at the Push Off Podcast. Uh, we're back from the break, which means it's time to push through some of these games, and that means it's time for the two minutes. No offense. Because no offense, but if you find yourself in this section of the program, maybe you're the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles and you don't deserve for me to talk about you, you piece of shit team. Are the Eagles in this? Yeah, I put them in. They in, in the two-minute no-offense yeah, guy? Yes, yeah, yeah. They are? Yeah. Okay, good. Fuck you, Eagles. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, clock ready. And ready, but go. All right, uh, we're going to start with the Thursday night game because it's obvious I can't remember those. The Panthers beat the Texans 24-9. to We picked it. Sam Darnold is not seeing ghosts. Sam Darnold is seeing the spirit of his ancestors uh, playing out of his mind. Fantastic job, Sam Darnold. And, uh, God... Adam Gase shits everything he touches, and once you leave, you are successful. Yeah, the Panthers uh, are 3-0, and but, oh, man, it it's the worst win you can have when McCaffrey goes out with a hamstring and it's going to be an issue moving forward. Uh, they are my uh, least excited about undefeated team, unfortunately, Panthers. Okay. Four right, weeks at least for McCaffrey. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. All right, uh, Bills beat up on another team. This time it was the Washington football team, 43-21. to And it wasn't even that close. My God, they were absolutely all over this Washington team. Taylor Heineke looked panicked, and uh, Josh Allen was like, hey, I'm going to get my horse back in this MVP race if it's the last thing I do. So this is a good Bills, this is a good Bills week, man. 358 and four touchdowns for uh, Allen. It was close. It was 14 and 27 bills at the half, but uh, yeah, Buffalo looks like a team of uh, yeah, head and shoulders above a lot. Then the Broncos mm. beat a team head and shoulders below a lot. The Jets 26 to nothing. Yeah, this was a really good defense playing a really, really confused quarterback. Uh, and it showed. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was like, hey, I'm not going to let that defense, I'm not going to let the Jets back into the game. And at no point did it seem like the Jets would threaten to make this a game. So good for them. Yeah. Brandon McMahon has put on four field goals because the Marangos didn't really want to score touchdowns, but they didn't need to. Uh, and then they lost another wide receiver, Hamler, Torres ACL. He's done for the year. You went down on that knee bad. It didn't look good. Oh, one more game. The Cowboys beat up on the Eagles, 41-21. Oh, we oh, can't talk about it? I'll give you a little extra time. There's four games. There's four games this week. Cowboys beat the Eagles, 41-21. So, yeah, this also was not that close. Almost all of those points scored by the Eagles were garbage time, and one of them was defensive. That's pretty much fucking it. 
Uh, God, the Eagles looked fucking bad. Jalen Hurts looked panicked. And I'll tell you this much. As much as I'm like, hey, the Cowboys defense has given up way too many yards, for the first time in, like, ever, they're actually getting fucking turnovers. It's amazing. I haven't seen this team generate this many turnovers ever in my whole life. Even back in the DeMarcus Ware days where they actually had a pressure-heavy front. Yeah, this... And Trevon Diggs, man, I like it. I, I don't want to shit on the Eagles. I'd actually rather talk about the positives of the Cowboys, who were hitting on all cylinders in every phase of the game. Made me really, really confident about them. But yeah, this doesn't look like the NFC East belongs to anybody but the Dallas Cowboys. It really does. Um, the touchdowns were between two guys here. Uh, Schultz, your tight end, and Zeke Elliott bouncing back with the two touchdowns, 116 total yards. Um, I'm going to shut up about uh, him not being the number one back in that, on that uh, team there. He, he obviously is. Um, and it just kept getting worse for the Eagles, who lost their guard now for the season with a Liz Frank surgery he's going to have this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Eagles are going to be in for a long season. Hurts, you know, he threw for 326. Be right, a lot of this was uh, garbage stuff. He looked confused, but was that all him? I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this game. Is Hurts not going to be the oh. answer? Should they move on from him? I, I don't think the verdict is in just yet. Okay. Like, you know, they made mention, they're like, this is his seventh start. Oh, wow. You know, it's it's week three, it's his seventh start. It's hard to damn a guy, and, you know, I, I used to love the old expression by Bill Parcells, maybe it's time to put away the anointing oils. Um, that works both ways, you know. Before you bury a guy, give him some time. You know, give him, give him a full half a season at least. Uh, to be in there and control the offense and see what he does. He was missing easy throws, but he was also getting a ton of pressure in his face because that offensive line was really falling apart. Um, and he wasn't able to get to the outside because one of the things the Cowboys do really well, we've got really athletic linebackers that could chase his ass down and limit the amount of mobility that he had. So it's actually a really bad matchup for Hertz against the Cowboys. He might have more success moving down the road. A strong division win against a hated rival. It doesn't get any better than that. Congrats, Dan. And then you wanted me to put in the two-minute no offense. I'm surprised. I I really am. Um, We have to be fair. We have to be fair. (laughs) I spent too much time talking about it, but this was a a blowout. I didn't learn anything about either team that I didn't know before the week, Mm -hmm. so it really does fit as a two-minute no offense game. Sorry we went on for like four minutes. That's all right. Uh, I do want to bring up the Manning broadcast, though, because Eli Manning gave the double bird on live TV. First of all, he doesn't, and then he's like, you can blur it out, right? <laughs> it does. It was the funniest thing. Like, nope, I saw Eli it. is not the smart Manning. <laughs> and then um, the, the the bad news is the Manning broadcast now will not be back until week seven. Brutal. I know. Brutal. I'm just getting, getting excited about it. All right. Uh, hey, this means because we had four games in the two-minute no offense, we can spend a little bit of time in week four now getting some picks in so i'm going to give you some games dan we're going to run through them the first one on the docket titans jets oh poor jets poor moribund jets i don't think zach wilson's going to have a win until probably the tail end of the season Mm -hmm. because this titans defense is good enough and Tannehill's not going to be afraid of their defense and yeah, I just think it's another Titans win and another Jets loss. Titans are going to be maybe without some wide receivers. AJ Brown's got some injuries. Uh, Julio Jones is now missing some practice, so those are their number one and two oh, guys. I, I'm sorry, is but Derrick Henry is still a live human person that lives. Yep, he can stand on two legs and run well on him. So 
Yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. Be, I'm still picking the they'll Titans. They'll beat the Jets. Yep. Fine. I am too. Yes. Stealing that Jets thunder from us. <laughs> I'll take the Titans. Texans at Bills. Oh, this is a fun. I mean, <laughs> this would have been more fun with Tarod getting his Buffalo revenge. Oh, man, what a sleeper game that would have been. But uh, yeah, David Mills is not going to hold up against that that Buffalo defense. And uh, that Texans defense is not going to hold up against Josh Allen at the peak of his powers. So this is a Bills win for me. Buffalo looks very good. Yeah, I got Buffalo. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who always bring the fun, are going to the 3-0 and undefeated Denver Broncos. I don't believe in the 3-0 Denver Broncos. I just don't. I believe in the magic of Lamar. And I believe that their defense, you know, without Bradley Chubb, they're not going to be as good. They were good against the Jets, but you can also go in with a little bit of overconfidence. Like, nobody's watching game film of Jets-Broncos being like, ah, yeah, there was a mistake we made. No, even if you made the mistake, you still made the play because the Jets are that bad. Um, whereas I'm sure the Ravens, after a tough win against Detroit, were absolutely scouring the film for, hey, this is our tendencies, this is what people are picking up on, we got to make these changes. The Ravens are making changes, the Ravens are ready to go, I feel like the Broncos are a bit too excited to be 3-0, and and I feel like the Ravens will catch them, they'll be down to 3-1. and Yeah, I feel like I know what the Ravens are, they beat a good Chiefs team, uh, they've been in all of their games. And, you know, yes, Denver's won all their games this year, but this would be the one, the prove-it game, I think. If Denver wants me to, to believe in them, you got to go win this one at home. But I'm going to take the Ravens. Well, Denver's yep. Denver's opponents, right, through three weeks, are a combined 0-9. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right? So, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. it's not like they went out and beat other people. Like, you know, you can't be like, hey, the Chargers Giants. lost to the Cowboys, and then they beat the Chiefs. This is like, oh, yeah, you beat everybody that beat no one. Mm-hmm. So... Good. <laughs> you should. It doesn't mean you're a bad team. It just doesn't necessarily mean you're a good it one. It mightn't be the bottom, yeah. Giants, Jaguars, and Jets might just be the bottom again. Um, and then another team that, yeah, are we? what do we know about them? Carolina Panthers going to Dallas. They're playing the Cowboys this week. I, I'll tell you what I know about these Carolina Panthers, and this is not going to – I wanted to be like, i tell you what I know about them. They're going to fucking die. <laughs> the Cowboys are going to murder them. What I know is Sam Darnold looks pretty good, and boy, howdy, do they have a pretty good pressure-heavy pressure, pressure heavy four. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a decent Carolina defense, but the Cowboys' offense is really good. Um, the Cowboys' offense is hitting on all cylinders. Plus, we are making plays and picking stuff off, so I, I got to pick the Cowboys. I think they're a better team than the Carolina Panthers, but I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like it, not without McCaffrey in there, not with a limping McCaffrey uh, on the sidelines. So I'll take Cowboys at home in that one. Uh, There is another one we get to talk about for next week. Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, before we pick this one, this is the interesting thing because the Chiefs have lost the last two. But I didn't find this stat till this week, so it almost seems serendipitous. But if Andy Reid wins this game, it is his 100th win with the Kansas City Chiefs, making him the only head coach to win a hundred games with two franchises against his old franchise, the Philadelphia Eagles. He can do it this weekend. And he will. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> we talked yeah, about although, how the Eagles are going. This is a nice get right. Uh, it is on the road. So, Yeah. There's a part of me that hopes that 
Jalen Hurts gets nowhere near Andy Reid because simply being near Andy Reid makes you a better quarterback. Uh-huh. So I hope Andy stays wide of him uh, and Hurts continues to struggle. Yeah, I hope Andy is uh, is there and healthy on the sidelines for his 100th win. Uh, and you can celebrate it. So I'll take the Chiefs in that one as well. All right, let's move on. we got a few more games to discuss here for the week. Uh, I want to talk about this was just a three-point winner, but uh, I don't know where these teams are going. The Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Giants 17-14 to in a game where we did pick the Giants to win it. But uh, Cordero Patterson, man, he keeps showing up on other teams and just running all <laughs> over the field. As a running back now, yeah. You know, he's he's made the full transition. I am now, Cordero Patterson is now a running back. I'm really not good at routes, so I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to take the ball and run as hard as I can. Uh, and man, is he a big body. Um, I, I feel like a broken record with the Giants. Saquon's not healthy. Daniel Jones doesn't have enough weapons on the outside. The offensive line still hasn't repaired itself. And the play calling is fucking anemic. Jason Garrett looks predictable. Um... That's not me knocking Jason Garrett as a former Cowboys coach. He literally does look predictable. His wide receivers are yelling at him on the sideline about how predictable his shit is. And the defense is like, no, 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 don't tell him. We know. Uh, just keep keep calling those plays, Jason, and we'll keep finding the right defense for it. Um, Matt Ryan does look a little washed, and this Atlanta team does not look very good. But, yeah, they were the better team here. Uh, just a bad showing by the Giants. You you needed to win one at home against this bad team. If not, where's the win coming from for New York? I know, and that was both these teams. I think it was like, uh, whoever gets this win, it might be your last one for a while, but we'll see. Because, yeah, there wasn't much. The Giants were moving the ball. They're the team at home here, and they had the lead in the early fourth by a touchdown, 14-7. to Falcons move it down there, and Adoria Jackson drops an interception in the end zone. You pick that off, and you probably win this game because that's where yep. the Falcons tied it. Um, and then when they tie it, they have 4-13 left in this game. So the Giants, again, all you got to do is get down there and get a field goal. But they couldn't do it, give the ball right back to Atlanta to just do that. And that was all it was. It was like it, it just looked like the Giants didn't want to win this, and they did everything in the end of that game to make sure they couldn't. <laughs> that's what I saw from it. But does that make the Falcons away victory team? with both hands? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, the, the Falcons are still a bottom six team in the NFL. It just means that the Giants are definitely a bottom five team in the NFL. Yeah, yeah I think that's what I got from that game too. We'll see if they they surprise us in this long season, but I don't I don't see it happening. But this should be an interesting one where the Washington Football Team goes to Atlanta this week. They're playing the Falcons. What do you think of that one? Well, I think Washington's defense is good enough to give Matt Ryan fits, and uh, I I wasn't impressed with this Atlanta defense, so I'm I'm going to pick Washington here on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. But if they lose, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are two very, I think they're bottom teams here in, on paper, especially since uh, they Washington's had to go to Taylor Heineke again. He, you know, you can just tell that the arm talent's not there. Some of these passes to the outside are just so slow. But I don't trust that the Falcons' can, defense can take advantage of it. I think Washington's defense is better for that. So yeah, I got a, I like the matchup of Washington on the road here. Surprisingly enough, um, let's continue with the Patriots' loss to the New Orleans Saints. Saints bouncing back, twenty-eight thirteen. We had the Patriots in this one, so this was kind of surprised, but it sure felt like a Saints game all the way through. They were up fourteen to three after up fourteen to nothing to start the game. 
And then the uh, first play, I think, to start the second half was Janu Smith just, here you go, Saints, tossing it right to him for that pick six. Yeah. And from that point on, I think Belichick was just like, I'm not going to coach anymore. I'm going to go pout on the bench. Because <laughs> I got a big there, game I mean, there really... There really should be a stat for that sort of interception, though. Oh, yeah. Which is in no way the quarterback's fault at all. And you're like, come on, that's going to go against Mac Jones? That's an interception? That's ridiculous. But, I mean, Mac Jones did look confused. I mean, he was throwing the ball constantly. He had 51 attempts in this game. But he doesn't throw Uh, far. They don't let him really go down the field or anything with it. Yeah. But if you remember early Tom Brady, they did the exact same shit. It's West Coast. They say, hey... You know, inside of 10 yards, just find guys in space, don't make bad decisions. He really only made one bad decision on a throw that ended in an interception. Both of the other interceptions were, you know, just kind of bits of bad luck. But he did look, he looked good in this game, but he looked like a young quarterback. And the Saints seemed like they were ready for him. And James Winston, once again, had two touchdowns, but only 128 passing yards. Yeah. If this is the way Jameis Winston has to work, he it seems like he's willing to do it. Jameis Winston two years ago would have been like, no, 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 I'm going to need 30 attempts. I'm going to need 40 attempts. This one he's like, I need 21, and I'm just going to hand the ball to Alvin Kamara as much as I can. And that seems to be a recipe for success for these Saints. It is, but it's still a weird Saints team where it's like, are you really going to do this where it was 21-13 mid-fourth. Patriots scored 10 points. They brought it back in uh, to yeah, what an 11-point game. Uh, or no. 21-13, so it was a one-score game. So, And then the Saints go, we're going to do a Taysom Hill drive now. And, like, the middle of the fourth, like, okay, is he not your starting – you're pulling your starting quarterback to do this for a drive, basically. It worked. He got a touchdown. It worked in against New England, which is surprising. But I feel like that's almost I mean, Peyton to, to Belichick, like, uh, screw you kind of thing. Well, sure. I, I'm sure Bill Belichick is like, ah, oh, shit. I thought you were going to Jameis. I had a plan for Jameis. <laughs> but, yeah, this Sean Payton loves doing stuff like this. Loves reminding everybody that, you know, Taysom Hill is this little special boy. Yeah. Uh, and he loves his special boy. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, at no point, do I don't think the Patriots or the Saints are a threat in the playoffs. Yeah. So this game, not a two-minute no-offense game. It was a good game. But at the same time, neither one of these teams makes me go, ooh, watch out for them. Um, you know, the offense is too young in New England, and the offense is too sporadic in New Orleans. The New Orleans defense hasn't been bad, though, this throughout the entire year. New Orleans kicker, I think, missed two field goals in this one. Uh, but also, I think the long road trip comes to an end. I believe the Superdome is back to New Orleans just in time for the New York football Giants to visit. We got Giants at Saints this Sunday. Dan, who do you like? I'm going to have to go with the Saints. It's a homecoming against a not good Giants team. Um, if I'm Joe Judge, I'm I'm getting my resume together. Yeah, yeah. we just spent all this time shitting on the Giants and then going, the Saints are not as bad as we thought. So surprise, surprise, we like the Saints in this one, especially in that loud Superdome. Um, all right, a few more games left. This is a big one, and we're just now getting to it, but this is huge for the NFC moving forward. Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the L.A. Rams in L.A. 34-24. to A strong, I mean, this was a game that was two very good offenses back and forth, but Rams kind of led throughout all of this. They were up 14-7 to at the half. They were up 34-17 to with about eight minutes left. So a lot of the Tampa Bay scoring, well, no, that was just one more touchdown to come back to that much. Stafford threw four touchdowns. 
343 yards, and Brady threw for 432 yards, ran a touchdown, and then threw a touchdown. Well, this is young Tom Brady, you got to remember. He's very spry. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Got a ton of wiggle. Yeah, this it showed me two things. It showed me, one, Matt Stafford is much better here on the Rams than he ever was in the Lions. Um, also, wasn't it amazing to see fucking Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Catch a long ass touchdown. Like, it's like that. Bizarre. Yeah, he still can do it. That's the only thing they bring him around for. But he's there. He goes, and he had over a hundred yards, hundred twenty yards, and touchdown, like three catches. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all I do is run nine routes. They're like, you know, the defense knows that. He goes, yeah, they know it. Uh, still let's works. see if they can stop me, yeah. and they don't. Yeah. Huh. Are the are the uh, L.A. Rams the you know the cream of the crap now? As everyone's saying. I don't think they're the cream of the crop. I think they are. They have inserted themselves as a legit NFC threat. Okay. I would be, at this point, I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I would not be shocked if they don't win the division. Yeah. So it's hard to say cream of the crop if I if I feel, hey, they could very much not win this division and still make the playoffs. But I do think they're a good team. That defense is good. You know, Ramsey and Donald are always going to give you a chance on defense. And Matt Stafford is a really good quarterback. But if Stafford goes down, is this offense anywhere close to as productive? Absolutely not. Tampa has had games even last year where they gave up a lot of points. So, it, I mean, their defense isn't world-beating. But uh, this was a t- touchdown, 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 touchdown game until the Rams' defense kind of stepped up in the second half to keep it, to keep the Buccaneers from continually answering. And that was mostly, again, Aaron Donald up the middle and just getting, getting pressure. So... Uh, as long as he stays healthy and in games, he's a wreck, and the Rams take advantage of that. Now they have the offense to kind of continually take advantage of it, and so it's very scary is what I, I see from him, yeah. Um, the Buccaneers even have a chance to get that onside kick at the end. There's that wild hop, but they don't get it. <laughs> Still we're down by 10, so it would have taken an extra one from there. But this leads us, with this Buccaneers loss, it leads us to discuss... The Sunday night football matchup, the Brady return. I mean, it's what everybody's been waiting for. And I know most of our listeners, they're all Brady fans. So (laughs) Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New England Patriots. You can tout it a bunch, but it's kind of obvious who's going to take this one, I think. I'm going to surprise you. Oh, all right. I think this is going to be a New England Patriots win. You think Belichick's got got it all figured out? He's going to take time away? I think there is, if there's one thing Bill Belichick likes more than fucking rookie quarterbacks, it is having his prodigal son return and rub his fucking nose on the carpet. How do you know that? We haven't seen it yet. Oh, but I just have a sneaking suspicion. Okay, okay. I have a sneaking suspicion that Bill Belichick has something very extra special dialed up for Tom Brady. Okay. Because as much as Tom Brady is the GOAT, we forget that Belichick's the fucking GOAT too. Um... And I would also not be shocked if at the end of the season uh, the Patriots are involved in a bounty gate uh, <laughs> for the head of Tom Brady. So, yeah, I would I would not be shocked to see Brady come back and win this game. I also would not be shocked to see Tom Brady leave with a broken leg. You know, the you know, Patriots fans and Belichick and everybody do want this game very badly. Of course they do. But this is Brett Favre returning to Lambeau Field you know, primetime game. This is the same situation. Uh, there's one team in a much better situation out of the gate than the other um, that doesn't, you know, the, 
young quarterback learning of against the guy who has seen it all. Uh, Brady's been saying all week, like he's like, I know exactly what they're doing. I know what he, everybody's been told. I know the meetings. Like I know what they do. They. So you're right. It would be total comeuppance for that you know Patriots just to walk out with that win. But I, I don't see it happening. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, they're coming off this loss. They're going to go in there, and, and Brady's just going to feel super comfortable. He's going to take advantage of it, and the Buccaneers will win. I, I'm i not saying Tampa Bay is not a better team than the Patriots in almost every facet. I just got a feeling, <laughs> and I got to go with my feeling. I'm going to pick the Patriots in this that's game. That's great. Uh, that's great. All right. Um, we got just a couple left. Let's continue on. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals. They win, and they are now 3-0. and They beat up on the Jaguars, 31-19. to Kept this one in here, honestly, because Jaguars gave it a showing. They were up a couple times in this one. Um, it was 7-all with 21 seconds before the half. And then uh, they try a, another super long field goal. Now, they tried from 68, I think, or 50. 68? Yeah, it was 68. 68. So I... I was so glad that they missed it and and the Jaguars return of our touchdown. I was cheering that on because, you know, Prater hits the 56 or whatever yarder against us the week before. I was like, they're going to try this again here right before the half. You know, I was like, you know what, screw them. They're not, they're there in Jacksonville. <laughs> they're not even at home. So, yeah, they miss it and Jaguars take it all the way back. Oh, right, hey, all fun in Jacksonville and miss the extra point. Go to go to uh, halftime on that note, thirteen to seven. Yeah. So you had the lead, but ugh. and that is a big old issue here. The Jaguars and uh, Lambo, they gotta they gotta get rid of that kicker because he's missed he missed uh, a bunch more kicks again. Yeah, he missed two extra points in this one. He's missed like field goals in previous games. You gotta get rid of him. Um, yeah, you can't have that on a bad team. You can't have. Any positive momentum you get going be completely deflated by a kicker. Yeah, by missing extra points even. That's the deflating thing. So the game was uh, 10-19 with 3 minutes and 33 seconds left. That had to be in the third. Yeah, in the third quarter until it was just blow up then. So the Jaguars had the lead, 10-19 here, late in the third. And then pick six. Or no, first of all, then the touchdown, then a pick six take the lead then another touchdown with under seven left so they just kind of buried him and lawrence fumbles to end a nice drive at the end it, he's been turning it over or you say it's rookie uh growing pains and hope for the best moving forward but this jaguars team looks still pretty bad yeah and it also is bad decisions by urban meyer offensively like that, that byron murphy pick six was just a bad fucking decision Offensively, and then a bad decision on top of that by Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So it, you can't have compound. You can't have your coach making bad decisions and your rookie quarterback making bad decisions. Pick one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pick one. Don't compound them. Uh, but the Cardinals are undefeated, and they go into LA, who is also undefeated. So we've got a three and O versus three and O NFC West matchup. Like I say the AFC West and NFC West are playing themselves this week. This is this is pretty awesome. Who do you like in this one? I think it's fantastic. I am going to go with, unfortunately, the L.A. Rams. Now that Jared Goff's not there, I can freely pick them. Yep, I'm recording again. Yeah, um, I I think the Rams are 
looking like they're world beaters right now. They win it against a Cardinals team that I don't know, 3-0, and barely, barely Cardinals. I'll tell you, I like the Rams at home. Uh, leaves us with one more game to discuss here before uh, we head into week four now. It is uh, the Bengals win on the road in Pittsburgh. Dan, you picked this one. Bengals won it 24 to 10. Um, I think I, you know, when TJ Watt's not in there, I got to stop picking these damn Steelers. Yeah, these Steelers do not look dynamic defensively without him. And uh, I, I do love the statement of, yeah, Big Ben looks pretty fucking washed up. Oof. You know, I, I think if you spend every offseason contemplating retirement, eventually it does catch up to you and your body retires before your brain does. Uh, 318 passing in this one, but you have two picks, one touchdown. Burrow had three touchdowns and two of them to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase uh, keeps collecting touchdowns. He's what four and five game, four and three games. So that's that's not bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had a bad dress rehearsal, but you know he's a he's a big time player, baby. Yep, it was seven uh, nothing Steelers first, and then they hit uh, Chase in the long touchdown seconds left in the half. Oh, no, 7-all, and then Chase hit the touchdown. So it was Bengals Mm -hmm. up 14-7 at the half, and then they just kind of took off from there. It was 24-7 into the third. Steelers were without Deontay Johnson in this one. I think Smith-Schuster at a point even was out too. He was, yeah. He was out for, I felt like, a quarter. So they were were dealing with their own injuries, um, especially with T.J. Watt out. So, yeah, Steelers in some trouble in this one, but that's how the Bengals took the win on the road division. I don't think this... Yeah, I don't think this Bengals team is amazing, but I think, once again, they're serviceable. Like, if the Bengals and the power rankings are somewhere around, like, 18 to 20, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. But I feel like everybody thinks the Steelers are a top 12 team, and they're probably right there in the in the 20 range. So, you know, I, I felt like the Steelers were feeling real good about beating up their old little brother Bengals, and the Bengals were prepared for this game. Joe Burrow... Did not have an amazing stat line, but was efficient throughout the game. Steelers are going to get very interesting fast, and uh, they might be looking at a at a complete retool or quite a bit of change because, yeah, all of a sudden they, they've got an old fast kind of feeling. So we'll see where they go from here. They go to Lambeau Field. They're playing the Packers uh, on Sunday. Um, I believe it's an afternoon start. Nope, noon. No. <laughs> Where am I looking? They well, are now a 325 this. start in Lambeau. Yeah, if it's a 325 in Lambeau, that means that, you know, I know Big Ben has supper around 4. That's right, so he's got to get... So he'll probably start getting hungry around halftime. Give him a bowl of soup there on the sidelines. His mom will bring it. The it's, Campbell's chunky. It's all he can eat now with the teeth the way it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I cannot see this Steelers team. Like, you know, Steelers and Packers still have... They're very similar teams in a lot of ways. Where it's like you're kind of limited in terms of your options. They both have good running backs. They both have a good singular wide receiver, <laughs> and then a lot of questions after that. Both defenses are good as long as everybody's healthy. But the difference for me is it's Aaron Rodgers, who is still in peak form versus the shell of Big Ben. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's depressing the heck out of me uh, what the Packers did on the road to the what I thought was a good Niners team last week. It looks like they're going to be a a good team again, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So give me the Packers as well. Of course, on, on, on a home win 
over these Steelers that just kept burning me. I'm picking them. Enough of that, Steelers. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, which leads us to one more game for this week. It leads us into the game kicking off tonight as we put this one out on the Thursday. Uh, and it is the uh, first overall pick from the last two years coming head-to-head. That's what you get to look at here. Uh, Jaguars at Bengals. It is Lawrence versus Burrow. Let the big arms commence. I I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. This is not a fair comparison on a functional Bengals team versus a completely dysfunctional Jaguars team. I think this is going to be a bit of a coming out party for Burrow and the Bengals offense uh, against a really bad Jacksonville team. And their defense, Cincinnati's defense has not been bad. Once again, they've stayed competitive with pretty much everybody. The Vikings offense is not bad, and the Bengals defense handled them pretty well. So I... I, I think this is going to be pretty embarrassing for Trevor Lawrence if I if I have to make a if I have a feeling about it. Plus, a rookie quarterback on a short week, you need all the time you can. I feel like Burrow has processed the Jacksonville defense in a way that Trevor Lawrence could not have possibly done for Cincinnati. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I honestly thought coming into the season, these two teams looked a lot the same on paper, um, and Bengals have had much more success to start than the Jaguars out of the gate, so that makes it an easier pick too. And then toppled on top of that a home team on a Thursday night. It's just almost too easy mm-hmm. to win those um, unless you were the Panthers last week in Houston, right? <laughs> um, but I like uh, the Bengals as well uh, to win this one because they yeah, they look like they're going to be strong enough to win this one. And the you know, Jaguars, let's throw some crazy stuff out there or whatever. But I like these matchups this week. I like this one is the – the QBs picked in the you know the franchise starting QBs very young guys mm-hmm. and then you got uh, the Andy Reid return game the Brady return game the AFC versus the AFC the West or the AFC West versus AFC West and NFC West the West versus the West the West is the best get here and we'll do the rest can't wait week four buddy week four the the NFL has the best storylines every matchup if you look. Eh, maybe even surface level. There's some ones that are like surface level great matchups and great stories, but every single matchup has something. There's, you know, some of them are days of our lives, some of them are general hospital, but there's a soap opera in every one. So, you know, you just got to look a little bit closer and, and see those see those details, man. Number one versus number one. Let's go Thursday night. Let's kick it off. There you go. Uh, real quick to wrap up the show, let's get us caught up on the picks. We picked opposite three games last week, Dan, and like I said, you beat me out even though I got my Vikings, so I'm okay with it. But you <laughs> you gain another one on me. I have 28 correct for the season. Dan, you're at 31, so you got a nice lead on me by three once again. Uh, we got quite a few different this week, so we'll catch everybody up next week and see see where we're at. Who knows? We'll get there. We'll get there. You'll you know you'll come storming back. It's a it's a long season. Oh, I expect it. Uh, that's our show, you guys. Thanks for so much for listening for another episode. Uh, these are long, super long ones. We put an extra one in the two minute. No offense, Dan was kind enough to put his Cowboys in there. But you know, once again, we we find things to discuss. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> you guys stuck with us the whole way. We're very glad when you do. Uh, link, rate, subscribe on the uh, items where you're listening to us. Tell all your friends that we're here talking football each and every week uh, for your amusement. We love to do it. All right, Dan, it's time for some crazy stats. Hell yeah. Here we go. 
Uh, Sam Darnold has now won as many games with these Carolina Panthers in his first three starts as he did in his last uh, 13 starts with the New York Jets. Oh, that's actually not as bad. That that stat's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it should be. I mean, but still, when it's the end of his career with the Jets, where it's like, this is the same quarterback. What's the, you know, really speaks volumes of where he's coming and where he is. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. It's always Adam Gase. <laughs> uh, here's another nice, uh, crazy stat. Sean McVay's Rams are now 40-0 and in games leading at halftime, including playoffs. I, you know what? We always talk about it. First half is scheme. Second half is talent. That means that since Sean McVay has been the head coach of the Rams, that's a, been a very talented Rams team. Some good talent. They are 3-0 and now for the third time in his four-year career there. That's impressive. Hey, he's also a good head coach. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to put it all on the GM. He's been a really good head coach for them, and uh, you know, you can see the difference between his offense being held by the limits of Jared Goff versus flourishing under the talents of Matt Stafford. So yeah. good for him. Good for McVay. Yeah, that, and that's what people were worried about. And that's what they got excited about here heading in the season. We'll see if it continues for him. Then finally, let's end it with Jason Tuck, Justin Tucker. That's the second time I've called him Jason. Justin Tucker. Uh, this was the stat you're kind of leaning into. I got the numbers. Uh, he has made now 59 straight field goals in the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, that is 21. Jesus. 21 from over 40, 40 or over. Seven from 50 or over. And, uh, yeah, one from 66. He is 16 for 16 in the final minutes of regulation. I do love that John Harbaugh is at this point in his career. He's like, fuck it. What do you want to do? He's like, I know you know John Harbaugh knows that stat. And he's like, hey, Justin, uh, you want to blow this streak or you want to hit a 66? And Tucker's like, fuck, I guess I got to hit a 66 <laughs> then, don't I? Oh, I feel like he might have put him out there if it was 71 with that delay game. Um. Again, everybody, if you're just looking to watch one game this week, the uh, Baltimore Ravens are playing uh, at 325 in Denver. It's got to be a great one. I just assume we're three for three. It's going to be a blast. Uh, We'll talk about that one and all of the games next week and do all our picks for week five. We're going to keep this ball a-rolling. But let us wrap this one up because all good things must come to an end and we must get some sleep. Dan, parting words of wisdom. My parting words of wisdom this week are a personal one. Um, when you have three children, make sure that you don't have twins because they tend to go into teething at the same time. If you can if you can figure out a way, you know, have kids one at a time, guys. Anyway, uh, best of luck breeding out there. <laughs> this will go, it will go into overtime where we just do our parenting podcast. Uh, <laughs> it, really, it really is. I mean, honestly, for me, the... I, I could, you know this, talk for the Cowboys, talk about the Cowboys win play-by-play play against the Eagles for a full hour, <laughs> and I've I've really limited myself because I know we have to play the Eagles again <laughs> this year, so I don't I don't want to put that bad energy out there, uh, but I promise you, when we beat them again at the end of the year, we will have a full 20 to 30 minutes dedicated <laughs> on Cowboys-Eagles. All right. Well, sorry, we'll look everybody. Forward Just look to forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys again for another, uh, for listening to us once more. I am Scott. And this is Dan. You enjoy that football. This is Push Off the Podcast. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> this is Push Off the Podcast.